Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast by AsweatLife.com on which we talk to high achievers about their goals. I'm Gina Anderson-Cohen. With me, I have Cindy Kuzma, Maggie Umberger, and Kristen Guile. Good morning, Gina. Hello. Good morning, Gina. Good morning. And this week, it is a very special hostful episode where we will recall and recount what we learned from our first quarter of podcasting in our third season when we talk to folks about community. And we hope to give you a look ahead at what's to come during our next quarter, where we'll talk about creating a better earth. We knew long before we dedicated three months of podcasting to community that everything was better with friends. That's been a catchphrase here at A Sweat Life since the very beginning or close to the very beginning. But as we heard firsthand from the people who created and nurtured some of our favorite communities, we've learned a lot more as well. Maggie, what did you learn from our community episodes? I think one of the um, most impactful episodes for me that I was able to to conduct the interview for was with Rafe Offer from So Far Sounds. And just because his community was both so in real life and so digital and widespread across the world. And I think we saw that as a theme for a lot of our podcast guests. Um, I know, Kristen, you as well with Olivia from Girls' Night In. Um, But when I talked to Rafe, he just talked about how so central to community was that in-person interaction with putting down your phones, talking to the person next to you, saying hello to your neighbors while you were listening to amazing music that you didn't necessarily know what you were going to encounter. You just knew that you would be hearing good artists and you would know that the quality would be there. You just had to show up for it. Um, And so I feel like that's something we talk about at A Sweat Life all the time where meeting the people next to you becomes the most important part of any event that that you attend, um, any sweat working event. It's all about the connections that you make while you're there and that's what makes it memorable. And I think that is what allowed Rafe to grow the So Far Sounds community globally across the world that's what people discover wouldn't you say so Kristen yeah absolutely um and building off that idea of communities that can be both online and offline uh, my interview at the very beginning of this quarter was with Olivia Rogine who is the community lead at Girls Night In which is one of my favorite email newsletters besides ours that comes out on Fridays and it's all about self-care And we talked a lot about the challenges and the fun in building communities that start online, uh, in this case via an email newsletter. And her her big goal was working on taking her community into the real world. Um, So they do that via their book clubs, via meetups. And one of their big strategies for building that community online is by introducing members and having their book club leaders, for example, act as facilitators and friend makers, much like what we do at the beginning of every sweat working event where we ask people to find a new friend and introduce themselves. Cindy, were there any interviews from your community episodes that stood out? Yeah, I mean, just to kind of build off what you two said, um, and to think about the, the fact that these people who are building communities, they've put in a lot of really hard work to do it. And I think what's been interesting to note from all of them is it 
kind of requires this interesting balance of like intentionality and um, making sure that you are creating a culture for your community, but also like kind of letting go of your own idea of how that community is going to grow and change a little bit. I mean, it's an interesting balance that I'm sure you all work hard at at A Sweat Life to um, say, okay, this is what we want our community to be, but then you have to give the people within the community some ownership of that to, to take over and, and make it their own too. I mean, I think about when I interviewed Robin Lalonde and at Edge Athlete Lounge and she talked about, okay, we had this certain idea of the way this community was going to look, but when people started coming in, it looked different than we thought and we had to kind of adjust our our ideas to fit what our new community wanted to allow it to continue to grow. So um, it's kind of a back and forth. I mean, community is all really about conversation and that extends to the leaders of those communities too, to be responsive to the people within them. And I think that that was something really interesting um, that I heard echoed throughout. Um, Gina, how about you? So the the community leader that I've just really idolized for a long time is Sarah Rob O'Hagan. Um, and I interviewed her early on in this quarter, um, or maybe it feels like forever ago because I just love her so much. <laughs> uh, but the, the thing about Sarah is she organized a community around failure, around leaning into trying really hard, doing challenging things and being okay with failing and speaking about your failures so that you can continue to repeat um, that hard effort and earn some great um, experiences as well as achievements along the way. So talking to her uh, was really interesting because there there's something to be said for like who you are as a person and your upbringing as well um, for that also manifests in who you become as a professional and the kind of leader you become too. So hearing her story, I got really stuck on her upbringing in New Zealand and how um, her her parents um, were just the sort of figure it out kind of parents. I also had figure it out kind of parents. Um, so I, that really stuck with me uh, because I, I think it does have a huge effect on you. Obviously, you're more than just your nurture, but her nurture plus her nature made her a, a kick-ass community leader that's now empowering other people to try things and fail, um, which I love. And if you're in Chicago or in cities across the the nation. Uh, we are just a couple of days away from the kickoff of our sweat working week, which will start with a hike in five cities and fitness events, as well as other healthy living events and community building events in Chicago um, all week long from June 9th through the 14th. So if you want to be a part of our community, it's a great place to get to know us and some of our friends all week long. Um, check that out at a sweatlife.com backslash sweatworking week. That's www.asweatlife.com backslash sweatworking week. It's spelled just like it sounds. Now we're heading into the second part of season three. That's Q2 for those of you keeping track. Creating a better earth. Here at A Sweat Life, we have a general rule of only talking about the things we love. We're going to deviate from that for a couple of minutes um, to hit you with some hard facts about why this segment is so important. There are changes happening on the planet that we definitely do not love. The United Nations has declared climate change is the defining issue of our time, and we are at a defining moment. Thanks to our farms, factories, and destruction of our forests, Greenhouse gas levels are higher than they've been for 3 million years. The sea level is rising as glaciers are shrinking. Wildfires rage across the West. 
droughts parch the earth in some parts of the world, and in others, severe and violent storms strike. The UN just issued a biodiversity report last month, and that suggests one million species are at risk of simply disappearing. And the effects on our own health and well-being as a result will be significant. And finally, as a result of climate change, we'll breathe in more air pollution and allergens, we'll risk developing diseases carried by insects or spread through food and water, and we'll endure the physical and psychological consequences of natural disasters. So there's no one solution to this crisis, I think we can agree, and it's really easy to feel overwhelmed by it all when you look at all the facts that we just listed. So we start to follow the commonly cited advice of our friendly neighbor, Mr. Rogers, and to look for the helpers. What we see when we start to look for the helpers are those high achievers around the country and around the world coming up with really innovative ideas that just might serve a small role in improving both the physical nature of the planet and the lives of people living on it. There's the ultra runner who combines her passion for the trails with strong messages about environmental advocacy and the organization working with huge sporting events to reduce their impact on the earth. There are entrepreneurs helping us to eat alternative proteins, to decrease the impact of our fitness routines, and to use our purchases to help those in need, and to promote equality and fight exploitation in beauty and other wellness-related industries with problematic histories. These are the types of people we're talking to this quarter, and we're so excited to share these conversations with you. Of course, you know, we can look around in in difficult situations for the helpers, and that's one great thing to do, but that has a much deeper impact if we eventually go on to join the ranks. So we all come to this topic from different places, but I know all of us are working to, there's actually a song by this band, Frightened Rabbit, that I really love um, that talks about uh, making tiny changes to earth. And it's a lyric that sticks with me as I think about trying to go about my day and and thinking about what I can do in some small way to help these big problems. So um, I thought, you know, it'd be great if each of us could talk a little bit about one small thing that we're doing now to maybe help combat some of these issues and one thing that we might do in the months ahead. So I'll start. (laughs) Um, One small thing that I do right now is um, I live up in Andersonville and there is a company called Urban Canopy that will help with composting. So I don't have worms. I don't have my own home composting system, but I have this service that will come and deliver a bucket to me every week. And then I put all of my food scraps in it and they take the bucket away. Uh, every week and take it to make compost that then they put on urban farms in the city. Uh, And then you can also buy a farm share to eat the produce that's nourished by this compost. Um, So that's like one small thing that I do that I hope is helpful. That's super cool just because I think people don't necessarily know that it can be done in the city and that you don't need a lot of space or a full like composting, you know, area outside. You can do it even if you live in a tiny apartment somewhere. Yeah, and I, I really like, too, that even though I don't need compost because I don't have any space to grow anything, that I know that that compost is going to help even further. So it's like almost kind of double win, I think. So Maggie, how about you? So I I don't have a car, which I'm proud of just because after five years, it can feel easy to make the choice to finally opt for something that's going to make your life a lot easier. And I never buy the heavy produce at the grocery store, even though I love watermelon. I just kind of gave up on that because I don't want to carry it. Um, But I walk or I bike everywhere. Um, So that's something that I often will complain about because you're biking in the rain or in the snow in Chicago. The winters are terrible. Um, But 
for the most part, I've really stuck with it and biked and walked everywhere that I've needed to go. Um, and for the most part, it's not only something that I think is good for the environment, but also a interesting way for me to travel from place to place. And I get to see more of the city that way. Um, but I know that I could also do it more and I could take public transportation in addition to that instead of just opting for a Lyft or an Uber. Um, so, so there's always room for growth and development, even on the things that I'm proud of. On my end, I am trying to be much more aware of the plastic that comes with grocery shopping. Um, one of our writers, Kira, recently wrote a really interesting piece called How I Reduced My Plastic Waste. And she talked about the challenges of going to the grocery store and trying not to use, trying not to buy anything that was packaged in plastic, which of course reduces your shopping haul to a lot of fruits and vegetables, basically. And she even went so far as to bring her own reusable, like, Tupperware containers and stuff to the bulk section so that she could avoid using extra plastic waste from the grocery store. And reading about her piece, which is on a sweatlife.com, um, and we'll link to it in this blog post, really inspired me to be much more aware of what I'm buying when I grocery shop, not just the food, but what packages it. So I'm trying to make small steps like uh, not buying single serve things anymore. Like I'm very aware. I always used to go for the single serve yogurts because it's easy to grab and I know what a portion size is. But now I'm trying to go more for the big tubs so there's less individual waste. And as I start to run out of things that I already have in my pantry, like uh, granola bars or cereal or something, I'm going to try and find alternatives like making my own so that I don't even have to do any of the plastic waste that way. So anyway, that's a really good read. And she uh, wrote really well about it. So again, that's on a sweat life. And it's called How I Reduced My Plastic Waste. Okay, Kristen, you also do something that inspired me to do something really similar. Uh, you're also getting rid of the things that you already have before buying new things. Isn't that right? Yeah, for a little bit of background, I'm sure I'm not alone when I say this, but I have somehow built up an arsenal of travel-sized beauty products that come with like the free Sephora samples when you order something online or hotel-sized shampoo and conditioner that I always seem to take with me home because like, what if I never get travel-sized shampoo again? I don't know. That's a thought that runs through my mind when I'm staying in hotels and I'm like, I have to take this free stuff with me. Um, so I'm trying this year to use up all of the freebies that I've grabbed uh, and all the sample size and travel size things before I buy anything new. Like uh, I'm trying to use all of my travel size shampoo before I buy any new full size stuff. Um, just because the sheer amount of small free items I've gotten over the year has gotten to the point where like I don't know if I can actually use them all. So I need to start trying before I opt into buying new stuff. And then Gina, what about you? So this was more of a, a team goal. I'm, I'm trying to do things to reduce waste and to make the planet better in my own life too. But as we looked at 2019 at the beginning of the year, uh, we looked at how we could walk the walk and talk the talk at the same time at a spot life. And one of the things that we could easily cut, um, hopefully without pain, as we first assessed this change, was goodie bags. So we host a lot of events, upwards of four or five every single month. And at one point we were creating goodie bags for every single event, which uh, if you cut just the bag itself, that's a lot of plastic um, and a lot of waste. So we, we made the decision internally to cut the bag, uh, but not the goodies. So we still give away snacks and swag, um, but the actual plastic tote that you would take it all home in has been 
left on the chopping block. So we ask folks to bring their own tote or just leave room in a backpack um, for snacks and swag and no one has complained yet. If you have a complaint, please send it to Kristen. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we, but we haven't heard we haven't heard a word of complaint. Um, so it it's it's pretty heartening um, to know that others are on board with that too. And we'll keep going down that road. Hopefully, eventually, eliminating all plastic waste from our events um, in the future. That is great to hear, Gina, and it makes me proud, again, to be part of Team A Sweat Life here. And um, I think that that's one thing that we're really interested in hearing from our guests this quarter is some of the ways that they are not only making these small changes to existing processes and structures, but kind of building environmental and humanitarian concerns into their business models. Um, I know, too, that we're looking forward to talking to people about interesting new partnerships and ways of addressing these issues. And we're hoping that we as as hosts and you as listeners can learn about some ways to support their efforts. Um, so that's kind of the macro level of what we're hoping to learn from our guests this segment. And I think there's also opportunity to just take the time that we're spending interviewing guests about the bigger impacts that they're having uh, and also looking at the micro, how we really can make a difference on a daily basis. And I, I, I know I'm not alone in thinking that it's almost like that uh, feeling of just helplessness. And then we we individuals don't do anything because we just feel like there's no possible impact we could have um, any si- in any sizable way. And that's simply not true. And if we all made small changes every day, we would ultimately make huge change as a society. And so we did a little bit of research and just the tiniest things that you can change about how you go about your daily processes in your apartment, um, from washing your clothes with cold water to lowering your fridge and freezer temperature degrees by like one or your full apartment uh, temperature degrees by one or two in the winter and uh, one or two the other way in the summer. Um, Just tiny, small, conscious decisions that seem very, very minuscule in the daily, but can ultimately make really big change. And I think if we if we spend the next quarter focusing on that and talking about it, then who knows who else we can impact. It's crazy, too, because the, the world we live in of health and wellness, like we have a lot to think about <laughs> already. We have our own health and our own wellness to think about. And a lot of the entrepreneurs who we're interviewing have that stuff to think about too. They're thinking about health, they're thinking about wellness, and they're also thinking about health and wellness on a macro scale. So to add on this other layer of concern for the planet is responsibility that they don't they don't have to take on. Um, so it's it's um, it's it's almost like that Spider Man problem, you know, like with great power comes great responsibility. So if you're reaching a lot of consumers and you have you have that kind of power to reach those people and you choose to use that responsibly, um, those are the kind of folks we want to highlight, especially because we're in an age where people are making decisions um, with their money to improve the planet or to, to just put their money towards companies that are aligned with their own beliefs. Um, you see You see that also in both conscious consumerism, but also conspicuous consumerism, people making choices that are obvious, like expensive fitness classes that you see them in. So it, it, it'll be interesting to see how these worlds merge, but also um, how how these entrepreneurs we speak with 
show us how people can make good choices, uh, be responsible with the planet, and how it can be affordable in some cases too. Yeah, what I hope for this entire next you know quarter of, of episodes that all of you listeners here is not only uh, feeling empowered for yourself, but feeling excited by the decisions that you make and the power that you have to make better decisions I think for all of us, I'm I'm speaking just that we have the we have the power to make conscious choices to impact both our own healthy lives and the earth. Right, and so we've already talked about some of the ways that we are making changes, and maybe even some of our future goals for for changes. And you know, we're all about goals here on We Got Goals. So, but you know, we've talked about it a little bit. But I'd love for for us as hosts to kind of explicitly state a goal that we have for the next few months, um, something that we can further do to to reduce our impact and start making more positive changes. So, Kristen, do you want to start? Yeah, I'll start with a couple. Um, I'll say one goal that goes along with my grocery store resolution to bring my own old plastic bags that I already have at my house and use those to wrap my produce in when I go to the grocery store so I'm not taking their new ones off the rack. And I want to keep my my rideshare, taxi, whatever budget under $20 a month. And I feel like that's reasonable for the summer. Uh, when you can walk anywhere and public transportation is so easy here in Chicago. So those are my goals. I already have uh, the to-go silverware or the the wood kind of reusable silverware that that you can take with you that are super, super light. Um, I have it at my house and I just sometimes choose not to bring it with me for whatever reason. So for the next few months, I am not going to pick up plastic silverware from any place where I go out to eat, which is often. Um, And I will use what I have or uh, ask for something silver that I can use and wash and give back. I am uh, I don't have a bike like Maggie does, but I do now, thanks to my husband, Matt, have a Divi membership. So I am going to try to bike anywhere within, let's say, five miles of my house um, for the coming quarter when, you know, maybe there'll be exceptions for terrible weather or uh, super last minute trips. But um, but I would like to make as many of my close trips uh, bike rides instead of drives or even Ubers or Lyfts uh, as I can. And um, two, you know, because I work from home, I am often eating meals there, but I still do use plastic. Um, You know, I have Ziploc bags where I'm like storing things in the fridge or whatever. And so I'm thinking about my cabinet right now and that there is a box of Ziploc bags that I'm going to try to not replace. I'm going to try to commit to um, only storing things and carrying things in reusable containers. So that is my plan for this upcoming quarter. Gina, how about you? So this has been a constant goal for me, but I, I've been working really hard to reduce the amount of uh, meat that I consume as well as dairy that I consume. Um, there was a recent analysis that said that avoiding meat and dairy is the single best way to reduce your impact on the earth. Um, I I enjoy a steak from time to time, um, but, but I, I think... I don't need to have meat at every single meal. So I'm, I'm working on that in my own diet and at home um, because it, it does have such a big impact. And, it, and it, you don't have to be like a sell it. You don't have to be 
uh, a vegetarian. Not that a vegetarian is a zealot, <laughs> but you don't you don't have to completely eliminate it from your diet. You can just make one day a week meat free, or however however much you feel is appropriate for you and your diet and your dietary needs. But that's that's my goal this time around. Uh, but but the bottom line is one big goal we have as a team uh, and as a podcast team is to leave this world as good or in better shape than the way we found it. We're excited to talk with other people who share that goal as well, and we hope you'll be inspired by us and by their journeys along the way. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, team. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. This podcast is a SweatLife.com production, and it's another thing that's better with friends. So share it with yours. You can subscribe almost anywhere you get your podcasts, including on Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. And if you like what you hear, we would love it if you'd subscribe, then leave us a rating or review that helps other people find the show. Special thanks to Jay Mano for our theme music, to Ryan Duffett for editing, to Tech Nexus for the recording studio, and of course, to you, our listeners.